Hello and welcome to the Pelvic Floor Connection, the podcast that lifts the lid on the mysterious and misunderstood matters of all things pelvic floor and core health, helping you to better connect with the power of your pelvic floor. With me, Sarah Jane West Watson. Welcome to the Pelvic Floor Connection with me, Sarah Jane, and I am so delighted to have you join me today. Uh, And hopefully, uh, the aim of today is to get you guys 100% confident and positive about owning uh, your low impact exercise program. And what I mean by that is there is often so much stigma and kind of shame around, oh, do you know what, can I have the low impact option? Um, And I just want to bust that completely. Um, So we are going to deep dive into the whys, the wherefores, what it feels like, the looks people give you. um, And yeah, just enjoy taking that extra care and ownership of looking after your body and your pelvic floor. So let us jump in. So where do we start? Let's start really with the obvious, the running. Uh, Running is so, so easy and accessible to everyone. All you literally need is a pair of trainers and most people (laughs) don't care if they're 20 year old trainers, two year old trainers, two month year old, two month trainers. Um, Yeah, just, it it is such an amazing uh, exercise for most people to be able to grab and go, you know, if you get 20 minutes, it's like, great, traders, run, go off. Um, and and also now, especially that there's such great uh, jogging buggies as well, um, it kind of makes it accessible to people with kids. And it's, you know, it's a real simple thing. Um, so running for some people, particularly those with with pelvic floor issues, is something that is a complete nemesis, but it's often something that people will kind of push through. Um, And I often hear that it's something that people aren't prepared to sacrifice or go without, because I think that people don't feel like there is an alternative, a acceptable alternative to running, or something that won't give them that buzz, that feel good, um, and I think that there's an opportunity here for people to potentially be a little bit more open-minded. Bear with me. I, I hear you. You know, I am, I am someone who absolutely adored my running. And I used to run. We had a, a, a gorgeous little Springer door, <laughs> the brown bomber, he was called. And he and I used to go up into the forest every day just not a problem at all to bang out 10, 15 kilometers, off we go, come back, all happy Larry, off we go. Now fast forward to, to where I am in my life, it's like, do you know what, that just that just wouldn't fit. Um, I made the decision, once I became educated and knowledgeable around um, pelvic floor health, women's health, uh, what happens to our hormones as we approach the, the menopause, to really review my relationship with running and also my relationship with high impact exercise. I think it's really important here though that we we clarify something which does cause some confusion. High impact is not the same as high intensity. Okay, so a lot of people think, and I think this is again the reason we have that stigma and shame around it is 
people assume the moment that you say low impact, they're like, oh, oh, you're one of those, you want to go easy, and you, you, you want the low intensity option. It's like, no, low impact does not equal low intensity. Come into one of my classes and see the sweat that's pouring off us all and feel that intensity of low impact exercise done well. Um, and I think that um, that really clarifying that and sticking that out there is really, really important to, to understand that low intensity exercise is all about that perceived level of effort, which there is an absolute 100% place for low intensity exercise for the right part of your training program and for those relevant people. Let's jump back over to low impact exercise. That is nothing about intensity. That is literally the level of impact that the body is taking. The impact of gravity, the sudden stop, the amount of pressure that we're holding within our bodies. That is what I'm talking about. And I know that I've touched on this um, before in previous episodes when we've been talking about things like the couch to 5k and all of those kind of get fit quick kind of high intensity high burst my joy and I do love Sean T but when I did the Sean T insanity training which pretty much was like my epiphany into this world of women's health um was that do you know what in high impact and our internal pressure combining with the impact of our innards continuing to move downwards with gravity because of the speed of that impact more than our body can cope and counterbalance with it can be really disastrous for some people. So a lot of women, the reasons that often that they don't pursue that higher impact exercise might be prolapse, it might be leakage. We know that leakage, um, again, not only bladder, but also back passage um, and fecal incontinence can be a massive issue with higher intensity, uh, sorry, high impact exercise, as can wind. Um, And I know that a lot of people are really conscious of wind, particularly when they're in classes and they're in an enclosed space, like, no. Um, So that, that is something. But then also, let's also look at the wider body, like joints, joints. I mean, I... I have the absolute privilege, if I can say the word, um, of living in North Wales. We're surrounded by mountains, water, everything. And, you know, I know a lot of people that can't do the higher impact stuff because of knees, uh, because of hips. Um, And, you know, it does, again, that does take a mental toll on people when there is an area of their body that isn't working but I think for some people who don't necessarily want to disclose oh it's because of my pelvic floor that I do lower impact there can be this kind of perception of shame around it and even if we do say we're not doing it because of our pelvic floor there is still that perception of shame which I think is really sad and I think it's um a real oversight on many people. And the, the reason that it's an oversight is because of the assumptions that I've said before about this assumption that it's like, oh, you just want an excuse to go easy, do you? Um, but also because we are underestimating what that person, A, might experience, 
when they do push themselves into higher impact. And also, we're underestimating the real positive choices that that person is making, not just for their here and now sort of situation where their body finds themselves in, but in the one, you know, two years, three years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years down the line to say, well, actually, cumulative bouncing up and down on my pelvic floor or my knees or whatever else, I might get away with it today. But but if I look at me in the bigger picture, I know that postmenopausally, when I'm getting older, da 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 it's just not going to be the picture that I want it to be. And therefore, I'm putting money in my long-term body health account now, investing in lower impact stuff to mean that in the longer term, I get to be able to squeeze more out of how my body is working in the way that I want it to. And I think that that is just something that, that we should be so proud of and we should be so vocal about is to say, it's not about whether I can do it today. It's about the what is the impact of me doing it today? Because a pelvic floor is for life, not just for Christmas, as I tend to say. You know, it is there to join you the whole way through your life. And we know that as we age, aging has a, an absolute direct impact on the integrity of our pelvic floor health and our pelvic health. And therefore, we should be really mindful. We should be really mindful about how we're nurturing it and supporting it through and into that aging process. Um, and I, I, you know, I am, I'm a pelvic floor coach, I'm a core coach, and I happily always choose the low impact option. But it also can be really awkward. Um, <laughs> so for example, if people don't give you a low impact option, particularly if they're younger, and they sort of send, say, Right, everyone, we're doing we're doing star jumps and we're doing burpees now. And that's a really tough situation that many people, including myself, can find myself in. The reason for that is because you you don't necessarily want to sort of pop your hand up and kind of go, Oh, I can't I'm not I'm not comfortable with that because there hasn't been that opportunity. It was like there was a full stop after this is what's happening, woof, end of conversation. And I did recently find myself in that situation where we did a warm-up, and the warm-up entailed of, you know, a light, I wouldn't say a run, but, you know, a fastish paced skip around a room, which was then interspersed with either star jumps or burpees. Number one, is that really a warm-up? Um, <laughs> number two is like, there wasn't any element of, is everyone okay with that? And, you know, I'm, I'm happily, I'll happily modify, and I don't necessarily need to justify and explain. But I think that for some people who perhaps aren't as comfortable in modifying their own exercise, it would automatically be like, oh my God, did I, have I got my, uh, the, a pad on? Do I feel comfortable? Is my, my prolapse going to feel worse at the end of this? Da, 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 da. And, and, and I think that's really harsh. Um, and I'm not expecting every single person who's involved with, with women and involved in movement and involved in exercise 
to to sort of you know call out specific or you might have this injury you might have that but I think there is a real need particularly if we are dealing with women at every age group because we know pelvic floor issues are happening with younger and younger women because of how we live now that that we should be a little bit more aware of it and we should potentially be offering more alternatives or less assumptive um, pathways down exercise. So, um, yeah, I just think that that's really important to, to sort of put it out there. And I think that if you are in that camp of um, cardio, you know, a real cardio enthusiast, and you know, and this is again something that happens, that quite regularly is, is I get a lot of women who will come to me and they want to do their core strength training, they want to do their pelvic floor training, and they really want to get into that kind of slow, engaging process with their body. Yet their head is it's like this sort of split personality. When it comes to, to cardio exercise, they push through and just sort of say, well, it's fine, my body behaves in this way in cardio, that's fine, and I'm doing my pelvic floor exercises and my pelvic floor-based exercise program over over here, but over here, I'm going to just do my cardio, and I'll accept the fallout as a result of it. And I think that's a real missed opportunity to say, look, let's bring that pelvic floor and core into your cardio to make sure that you are not only being symptom-free and putting those pennies in your long-term body pelvic floor health uh, bank account, but that you're also really maximizing and truly understanding how pelvic floor and core strength underpins most cardio. Uh, and I think that that sometimes can really be overlooked. And, you know, when we go back to that previous episode, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes of um, the, the kind of the quick fix uh exercise programs where we're just sort of moving and we're just like right it's all about building up that um, intensity level it, you know I'm going to question and sort of say what foundation are we doing that on are we moving the body at a cardio level that is at the detriment to this stability underneath and this kind of internal scaffolding core stability underneath and if we are, then let's really put that question back to my lovely, amazing conversation um, with Heather Wynn, exploring why, why are we doing this exercise thing? Is it for wellness? Is it for health and wellness? Or is it just a stamp that fitness box? Because if we're sort of, you know, if we're just stamping that fitness box, yeah, go ahead. But if we're trying to be well, if we're trying to increase our state of wellness and health through fitness, then flipping, yes, let us bring core stability to underpin all of our cardio. And for those that are going, well, yeah, but how? I, I hear you and I'm gonna I'm gonna come on to that because it's about learning and understanding how that pelvic floor, how that pelvic floor diaphragm, ab, back, pelvis complex works under the surface and about getting that synergy 
between all of those different components to start to become more automatic, to start to become more natural for your body through specific training that will then allow you to really push and build that cardio on top of it. So it's like basically saying, stop polishing the exterior of the car. Stop kind of continuously taking it through. You're washing your, you're washing your walks. <laughs> you, you wash and you wax and getting all of that car as absolutely gorgeously immaculate as possible and not doing your regular oil changes, Topping it up with petrol, topping it up with coolant, da, 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 all this stuff that I'm also really bad at in my car. I'm good on the body, bad in the car. Um, so, you know, just just let's look and let's not separate out. And I think maybe that's at the heart of the issue is, is we think the two are separate. We don't really get as a society and as an industry, sorry, I'm not meaning to industry bash, but I, let's put the question out there, is... Do we really think that cardio and core are separate? Or do we really appreciate the intricate need, because frankly, I personally believe it is a need, that we need to build core strength within our cardio to make sure that our body is moving on a stable base and therefore it is not feeling those aches, those pains, those twinges and... We get our pelvic floor supported, nourished, and strengthened whilst we're exercising. And yes, that may be in a low-impact way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be at a low intensity. And I think it's really important that you're aware that, that your pelvic floor, your core, this whole way that that pelvic floor sling, activates the abs, supports that pelvic tilt, works with the diaphragm, really, really can be optimized, can really be at the forefront, is is the primary kind of objective whilst you're doing lower impact cardio movement. So understanding where your sling of your pelvic floor is, where that that support under you is, and if it is switched on or if it's kind of, woohoo, I'm just hanging out at a party here and not really engaged, that that makes an absolute massive difference into how your body is moving and to whether or not your core, your foundation, this lovely internal kind of scaffolding system, as I call it, is working and supporting you whilst you are doing faster paced movement at whatever intensity that you choose. So if you are sort of listening to this thinking, I have no idea how I would ever engage my sling, pelvic floor, or core whilst I'm doing cardio. I've got you. Do not panic. That is what my whole Transform program is about. Um, And we deep dive into that. That's what all of my classes are about, is making sure that you understand and you're getting that sling system support to get your body supported in whole body movement, be it at a slow pace or at cardio um, pace where we are boosting your intensity of movement. Um, and if you want to join January's session, which is going to be live for those who can join live and always with the on-demand catch-up options available, last six-week Transform Your Core, 
then in November, for my gorgeous podcast listeners, um, then you can jump onto fitfannyadams.com forward slash transform me. So that's just transform me. Um, or if you're in the US, that's US transform me. And you can get access at pretty much 50% off, but that is only going to be running for another week and a bit. Um, so that is £99, I think $120 for the full six-week access for life, um, which is fairly amazing. Um, and I think also, just going back to what I was saying, is, is that is really interesting component for some people because I know that um, some particularly older women who've been on the Transform program and when I'm saying older I'm sort of talking about 70 plus um, is one of the things that they come back and say is yes their pelvic floor absolute big tick in the box is feeling a lot better but they're like I just don't feel anywhere near as vulnerable in my body anymore. I don't feel like I've got to really watch out for slips and falls because I feel a lot more stable. And it's like, well, the heart, yeah, absolutely, because we've got that internal scaffolding. Our fascia is awake. We're awakening that. And anyone who says to me that that isn't core, I'm like, nah. I'm not having that. That is core. That absolutely is core. That is what core is about. But we, I think as a society, have just got obsessed that core is about this this line around the midsection and not the fact that the core is a concept, a concept that it's about holding and supporting our body. It's about managing our pressure. It's about that gorgeous relationship with the pelvic floor and the diaphragm. It is so much more than this kind of corset type effect around the body. It's about understanding everything that happens upstream and downstream of that area that we can switch on and support or switch off and everything goes really wibbly wobbly jelly. Um, so yeah, extra, extra tick in the box for some amazing people who have, um, gone through that transform process and been kind enough to share that feedback, um, and also share that oh, they have had a stumble, but it didn't have the dire consequences that it would have done a month previously. So that again is for me something that, that, you know, I'm really proud of and want to shout out and kind of keep shouting out that core is not just about the pelvic floor. It's not just about the abs. It's about this connection. It's about getting this stability and strength in the body and the ability for you to hear it, to connect with it, to feel it. I do love the core and the pelvic floor, as you can see. Um, So I I hope that whole conversation has helped you feel more confident in understanding that low impact is not low intensity and that you absolutely can choose low impact exercise, knowing and being proud of the fact that you are recognizing the limits in your body, understanding that bouncing our abdominals up and down on our pelvic floor especially a pelvic floor that potentially already has some dysfunction in it, isn't the greatest thing for its long-term health, as well as the other parts in the body. And I want you to feel really comfortable and proud of the fact that 
that is okay. Not only is that okay, that is like you understanding your body. And I think that there is so many people out there who just blindly go forwards without really understanding what's going on in their body. So, hey girl, I salute you to do that. And next time someone looks at you with that little look in their eye of, oh, you're one of those low impactors, you want the excuse, you you don't you don't really want to get fit, you want to take the easier, you you want the slow lane to fitness. It's like, just tell them. Just tell them. No, sorry, I said low impact, not low intensity. I'm happy to push my intensity, but at a lower impact to protect my body. I'm sure that someone like you would be familiar with that. And then they'll be like, of course, of course. So yeah, get let's get this. Let's get this comfortable and strong. And I have to say as well, do not forget time. Time is ticking. Oh my goodness. Well, other than the fact that I went Christmas shopping at the weekend, wow, wow. It's always dangerous for me to go Christmas shopping in November because I think that I've done it all. And then I get to say, I'm going, oh, I'm so ahead. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I only got a few bits and bobs. Um, so uh, yes, I did do my Christmas shopping. I'm so not there yet. Um, however, time is not ticking out for Christmas shopping, but it is ticking out if you want to join my Kegel with Confidence workshop on Friday. That's Friday the 17th of November 23. Um, and that is a live workshop online that's going to be happening at 10.45 a.m. at GMT London time. However, if you can't make it, if you're overseas, if you're working, if you've got kids, if you're doing granny duties but want to watch it on catch-up, anyone who registers will all get the recording of it. And if you send me through your questions now, if they're anonymous and you're like, oh, there's no way I want anyone to know about that, then just drop me a message and I'll cover them off without disclosing your whereabouts and your name. I will happily have discretion in that. Um, so if you want to join the free workshop on Kegling with Confidence, it's www.fitfannyadams.com forward slash Kegel. That's K-E-G-E-L forward slash Kegel. That gets you into the live recording, uh, sorry, yeah, the live recording and access to the replay afterwards. And we're going to be deep diving all about the myths of what Kegels are, pelvic floor exercises, how people commonly do um, exercises and whether or not they're the right ones, what the common mistakes are, gripping, squeezing, how long many reps do we do, how long do we hold my squeezes, how many levels in the escalator are there or the elevator is it, is a three or a four or a six, are there ten, um, and do I want to go to every stop, what do I want to do, we're going to kind of unpick all of that and we're going to just get you to come away knowing 100% what the best way for you to get strength out of your pelvic floor is. I hope you can join me and I hope to have you in my ears in a fortnight time for the next episode of uh, The Pelvic Floor Connection. Until then, stay strong, stay connected and please, please just do take a moment to jump back to where you heard, you found this uh, podcast and just give me a little follow to make sure that you all or subscribe uh, to make sure that you always get uh, updates of this podcast every fortnight automatically landing in whatever amazing magical device that you have. And would you please, please drop me a little star rating and a review because it really does make a huge, huge difference to getting this podcast out to the women that need to hear it. Take care, look after yourselves and speak soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have, then please do take a moment to rate and review me on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. 
help me to help make this conversation be heard and take the shame away from pelvic pain. Thank you.